You know, in times of transitions, in times of obstacles, that's when Satan is going to come, isn't he? And that's when he's going to come and he's going to bring doubt in your mind. He's going to try to say to you, do you really think you can do this? Do you really believe God is going to get you through this? <laughs> and he's going to just come to you and he's going to start whispering those doubts in your mind. And that's when we got to remember the word of God. That's when we have to go to God's word. Notice we see here a difficult time. If you're following along on the outline, you want to take it, you're taking notes, go ahead. A difficult time, as we've read in verse 1, after the death of Moses. It was, it was a difficult time for these people. They had to replace a great leader. They were replacing leader uh, Moses, who had led them for so many years. But you know what? God had a man. And we see here, letter, number, letter B, we see a dedicated man. And God had one ready. There was one ready to step in the shoes of Moses, and that was Joshua, the son of Nun. Okay? Joshua had proven himself for all those 40 years in the wilderness, and even before, he had proven himself to be faithful. He was a faithful servant of Moses. He was a faithful servant of the Lord. When those 12 spies came back, it was Joshua and Caleb who said, we can take this land. We can trust God. He was ready back then to follow the Lord. And he had stayed faithful. And actually, out of a whole generation of people, he and Caleb were the only ones to enter the promised land. So God had blessed him because of his faithfulness there. He had proven himself. You know, today, we need good leaders. Where's the church going to find leaders? You know, we're all, we're saying, oh, how, you know, we need younger men to come and take the place of the older men. And that's true. But you know where we're going to find our leaders? We're going to find them among us. We're going to find them within our congregations. That's where they're going to come from. Why? Because Jesus said, he said this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 11 to 12. He said that a, a leader, all right, is going to be the, will be, a, you know, the first shall be last. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, the, the servant, a a good and profitable servant, all right, that's who our leaders are going to be. People who have learned to serve. And once they've learned to serve amongst and among the people of the congregation, once they've learned to be faithful and serve, then God can raise them up and put them in leadership. And so that's where we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. Everyone needs to be faithful. Because that's who God's going to call to be leaders someday. Those who are faithful. Those who are uh, serving among us. And then we see letter C. We see a, direct, a directed purpose. God had a plan. He had him there at the River Jordan. And the plan was 
for this people, for this nation, this congregation of people, the time had come for them to cross Jordan and claim Canaan. The time had come. This was their time. And this was something that God had planned. This had been planned out by God, uh, and God was now bringing them to claim that land, and they were to go forward. And they needed to realize that and understand that now was their time. Today, what's God's plan for us? For us, it's the Great Commission. God's plan for the church is to get out the gospel, to get the gospel out, to give out the gospel, to reach the lost while it's still time, while it's still this age of grace that we're in. And we need to understand that, realize that, and comprehend that, and understand that this is our purpose, is to reach the lost for Christ. And then point number two we see here, we see God's, remember, God's provision. Remember God's provision. It isn't always easy to trust God to supply our needs when we obey. Let's be honest. You know, we obey God, we want to do the right thing, and sometimes knowing that we're facing an obstacle, knowing that we're facing a decision, a transition, and there's some fear there, isn't there? There's a little bit of fear because we don't know the future. We don't know how things are going to work out. But God does. And God's there for us. And so here we see that God has promised to supply our needs as we go through that. And God wanted these people to know that he was with them every step of the way. From the time they were going to cross Jordan to the time they were going to conquest and take the land, God would be with them every step of the way. He was not going to abandon them. And so we see a provision, a provision of the land. God told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. You see, Israel had, they estimate that they had over 300,000, okay, uh, square miles or whatever, you know, whatever it would be that God had given them. I don't think it was miles, but uh, it was a whole, it was a large portion that God had given them. But in reality, even at the height of their rise in power and the ability to claim the land that God had given them, they said that they never really attained much more than 10% of what God had promised them, what they could have taken, what they could have had. And so while they were, they were, Stepping out by faith, they really didn't comprehend what the total enormity, what God had planned for them, the total blessing they had for them that they never really were able to understand and realize. Then we see here a provision of protection, a provision of protection. He said in verse, notice it says here, 
in verse uh, verse 5 says here there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses so I will be with thee I will not fail thee nor forsake thee so here was a provision of protection Israel was again I said this before Israel was facing seven nations seven Canaanite nations before them they were in the land of Canaan they were there and they were ingrained in the land <laughs> they had been there for, for years they were ingrained there they were they were put they were and so these were adversaries they weren't just going to give up without a fight you know today in our world in which we live we face adversaries on a daily basis we face the Satan. He is an adversary. We face. We face the world. And we face even ourselves, our flesh, that old nature within us. And these we face all the time. Just as Israel was facing uh, those Canaanite nations, we face these three things as well. However, we have been promised victory. Just as God told to Israel, God said to them, I will protect you. No man shall stand against you. We have also been given a great promise. Keep your place there in Joshua and turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. We can even begin in verse 35. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has promised us protection. We are more than conquerors with Christ. And then we see a, another provision here, a provision of God's presence he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. God promised that he would not abandon them in the strife. He would not abandon them in the conquest. He would be with them every step of the way. Someone said this, no spiritual victory is possible without God's presence. We need God's presence. And he's promised never to leave us or forsake us. What a blessing. So let's remember, we have God's calling. God had called Joshua. He had called the nation of Israel to a purpose. He had called them to a task. Let's remember God's 
provision. God, when he, who he calls, he's going to provide for them. So God has called you to a task. Whatever that task is, he will provide for you whatever you need. And then thirdly, the third point here, remember God's requirement. Remember God's requirement. Notice it says in verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. I'm back in Joshua chapter 1 now. Unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. I'm sorry, I went degrassed a little bit. Let me get now on verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Here we see a courageous faith. Let's, we need a courageous faith. Be strong and of good courage. Joshua was going to lead this nation, Israel, and they were going to take a step of faith. They were going to cross the Jordan River. You say, well, what's a so big deal about that? <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is that they had not won victory under their belt yet. They had not won victory. They had not subdued one of those nations. And here they were, taking a step of faith, crossing the Jordan River, saying, you know what? We truly believe God is going to be with us and he's going to give us the victory. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they were doing. They were saying, we trust God that when we get over there, we're going to be victorious. And we're not running. We're not going back. We're only going forward. And that was a step of faith. And Joshua understood that. And the people understood that. They were taking a step of faith based on God's word. There was nothing other than what God said that supported that thought. Other than what God had told them, I'm with you and there's going to be victory. And so they crossed. They went over and it wasn't a great time to cross. It was a hard time to cross. But they did it. Let me ask you this question. What is round and bad-tempered? What is round and bad-tempered? A vicious circle. That leads us to point letter B here. Complete obedience. Complete obedience. God told them, when you get over there, when you go live in Canaan, and I give you the victory, you be obedient to my word. That's what he told them. He told them that. He says, you have to be obedient. Observe to do according to all the law. And you know, for a while, Israel did that. They did it. For through the life of Joshua, they were obedient. 
Even in the time of the elders who came after Joshua, they were obedient. Sadly, when Joshua and those elders were gone, the nation forgot God. And they entered a time, what we call, and probably you've heard it before, a time of the downward spiral. You ever heard that before? The downward spiral. And basically, the book of Judges, it documents that downward spiral. And they went through a cycle, didn't they? They went, they went to, you know, in that cycle, it was rebellion. They rebelled against God's word. And then after rebellion came rebuke. God rebuked them for what they had done. And then there was repentance. The people repented of their sin. And they got right with God. And then there was return. They returned to the Lord. They put away the idols and they got right with God. And then there was restoration. But the problem with, with every cycle, with every cycle they went through, they never got back to the place they were originally in their relationship with the Lord. They were always a little bit farther away from God. That's why they call it the downward spiral, the vicious circle. They just kept going downward, and after seven cycles, and you read it in the book of Judges, there were seven cycles, and finally at the last cycle, the nation was in civil war because of the sin of the people. Why? The people did that which was right in their own eyes. They weren't following the Lord. And they suffered. Israel had reached their place morally and spiritually. It was the lowest that they had ever been. So God demands obedience. And that's true in our life as well. Sometimes we as Christians can go through cycles. We can go through those cycles. And we have to be careful that we don't go into a cycle that we're getting farther and farther away from the Lord. We need to be obedient to the Word of God. We need to follow the commands of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and have a right relationship with Him. We, God demands complete obedience with our faith. And then we see a continual meditation. Notice what he says in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my, thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There are three steps to proper meditation of Scripture. Three steps. Memorize it. Memorize it. Take it upon yourself to memorize Scripture. It's, hard. it's not easy to do, is it? It's hard. Take some time. But memorize Scripture. Take it upon yourself to memorize God's Word. Study the Scripture. Study God's Word. And then lastly, the third step, let's obey it. Obey what it says. You know, the, the step between the, the second and the third step is so important. How many people have memorized God's word? 
How many people have studied God's word, but they don't go to that third step and obey it? What good is the two previous steps? It does, you know, it's not going to help you unless we obey it. And that's so important in our life. In conclusion tonight, stand up with courage and live for the Lord, the one who gave his life for you and offer you his ongoing grace. Remember James Spurgeon? James had total confidence that God was going to take care of his family. He says, hey, God can give us 20 cows if we need it. Well, that same day their cow died, little did they know that there was a group of businessmen in England, London, England, who took up a collection for pastors. And they went out in the, the countryside giving out this money, and they had five pounds less. Five pounds left, rather. Five pounds to give. And they said, and someone says, what are we going to do with this five pounds? And someone says, well, there's James Spurgeon <laughs> nearby. But don't, let's don't give them five pounds. Let's give them more. And they all got together and they put in some money. And that day they gave James Spurgeon 20 pounds of currency to supply his need. You see, God is faithful. God's faithful. And God supplied his need. You know, if God supplies the needs of his preachers, he'll supply your need as well. He'll take care of you, whatever that need may be. But my, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There are three keys to keep on going. Believe that God has definite plans for your life. Understand that God will be with you through every season of difficulty and determine to have the faith to be obedient to the Lord. Those three keys to keep on going on.